to the premiere episode of the brand new podcast silver screeners i'm frank coming at you right outside of boston massachusetts and thank you for tuning in i've been toying with the idea of doing a movie themed podcast for a few years now but i always found one reason or another to put it off uh, i really wanted to have a good concept and every time i thought that i had one settled in my mind of course it changed so finally reached a point where you know what it'll evolve and i'm having a good time talking about the thing that i love which is cinema a uh, little bit about me since 2012 i've been giving interactive talks all around much of massachusetts and into rhode island all movie and cinema related of course uh, at public libraries community centers senior living facilities private parties particularly during the oscar season and the halloween season but really really year round i'm still doing them i have no plans to stop this podcast is a new direction but not a replacement one so First, let me invite anyone who's listening to follow me on Twitter at FilmBuff1974. That's F-I-L-M-B-U-F-F, FilmBuff1974. And you can also follow me on Instagram at FrankMandosa1974. That's F-R-A-N-K-M-A-N-D-O-S-A-1974. So go ahead and click on those follow buttons and uh, feel free to DM me or to post. If you're on Facebook, you can join my public film group, same name as this podcast, keeping it simple, Silver Screeners. You'll know it's the right one when you see a black and white cover photo of actress Lauren Bacall and one of my absolute favorite quotes of all time, it's not an old movie if you haven't seen it. So thank you to Ms. Bacall for giving us those words of cinematic wisdom. It's a public Facebook page. So the more the merrier, spread the word. Lots of movie related stuff, past, present and future. But as far as this podcast goes, as of right now at least, each episode is going to begin with a different trivia question. So just send in your guesses, your answers, either on any of my social media platforms or if social media is not necessarily a cup of cappuccino, you can shoot me an email at frankmandosa at yahoo.com. I'll reveal the answers at the start of each following episode. And if you get it right, hey, then you'll get a shout out. Pretty cool, right? Uh, so keep listening as each episode is released and you are in for the coolest cinematic treat on this viewing side of the silver screen. So for this first go around, your first question is the music that you just heard, the opening of this show. Uh, it's the theme to what classic 1960s action thriller comedy? Big name stars attached, it was released in 1963. I can give you another hint, it's a film that has lapsed into the public domain so you can find it anywhere online. And what the heck, if you want another hint, I'll give you one. Uh, one of the Hepburns, but I won't tell you which one, either Catherine or Audrey Hepburn, is the leading lady. 
You could probably also Shazam it, but whatever. <laughs> whatever works best for you. So go ahead, email frankmandosa at yahoo.com. That's F-R-A-N-K-M-A-N-D-O-S-A at yahoo.com. You can join and post to Silver Screeners on Facebook, message or tweet at filmbuff1974 on Twitter, or hey, if you prefer the gram, then it's frankmandosa1974 on Instagram. So with these questions and other topics up for discussion, this podcast, it's going to be something laid back for you to listen to, whether you're working out at the gym, walking the dog, driving, simply folding laundry. I want to keep this simple and enjoyable. And with that in mind, each episode, the aim is to keep it at roughly anywhere between 30 and 40 minutes, give or take. But uh, hey, you know, we all have lives to live, right? So having said that, I've really got to keep myself in check because cinema is something that I could go on for days about, but I promise it will not come to that. <laughs> so as of this recording, it is Friday, April 23rd, 2021, and it is Oscars weekend. The Oscars are 48 hours away. And uh, let's face it, each year there are always mixed in with a batch of nominees, one or two, and sometimes even more titles, sometimes even actors that are not necessarily household names as I like to call them, the uh, heaping portions of what the hell is that movie? So for something different, there are plenty of podcasts out there that are focusing on this year's nominees. I thought that we could take a look at the origins of this Academy Award thing and why and how it exists in the first place. So take a trip with me back to 1926, and I'll give you now a brief rundown of why the Academy Award came into existence. The year is 1926, and Hollywood is going through some pretty significant transformations, and not all of them were good. Attendance at the movie theaters was on the wane, and there was also the issue of censorship. Silent movies were not as clean and as wholesome as history likes to reinvent them to be. A lot of them are Pretty randy and saucy, to be honest with you. Uh, there were glimpses of nudity in a lot of them, and there was a lot of on-screen violence, of course, relatively tame by today's standards. But gangster pictures, for example, that would have you know violent shootouts or that kind of thing. So there were some pockets of people throughout the United States. Uh, we're talking religious groups, political groups, social reform groups, people who felt compelled to speak up against what they saw as the moral cesspool of corruption that Hollywood was. There were several scandals going on in the early 1920s, the stories of which I can get into in future episodes. But for example, there was a silent film slapstick comedian by the name, the stage name of Fatty Arbuckle. And there was also a film director, William Desmond Taylor, who was found murdered. So there were some scandals going on that was uh, that were raising a few eyebrows and a few concerns as far as the morality and the evil influence of movies on the nation's youth. So there were some cries for censorship. And when Hollywood was relatively slow to clean up its act, the federal government actually threatened to step in and regulate film content if the studios were not going to step up to the plate. So that, of course, made the studio executives say, no, 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 we'll be good. We'll be good. So censorship was a very pressing issue by the mid-1920s, in addition to in addition to a couple of other things, not the least of which was changing technology. 
the silent film was beginning to phase out and we would see the first talking motion picture in October of 1927, The Jazz Singer, starring Al Jolson. More on that in another episode as well. Suffice it to say for now that uh, there was some concern as to whether or not audiences were going to go for this and whether or not the investment, the financial investment in sound technology was in the long run going to return any profits, that this is going to be a financially viable direction to take the entire film industry. There was also, in addition to the censorship issue and the technology issue, there was also the growing issue of unionism. Unionism. So with that, I would like to introduce you to a gentleman by the name of Louis B. Mayer. He was the second M of MGM, Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. Louis B. Mayer, he owned Hollywood. He was Hollywood. He ran MGM Studios with an iron fist. And this was a guy who was not used to being told no when it came to any of his demands, when it came to his uh, input as far as creative control over the content of the films that he decided to bankroll. But uh, he found that his power was beginning to, little by little, in dribs and drabs, become a bit more compromised with growing unionism. There were some backstage people, I speak primarily of the stagehands, uh, the set designers, the carpenters, the painters, the electricians, the musicians. They had all recently unionized by 1926. And Louis B. Mayer saw this as problematic because he wanted to maintain creative control over the way that his films looked and the way that his films sounded. Now, you may be saying to yourself at this point, where is he going with this? I thought this was about the origins of the Academy Awards. Well, I'm telling you right now, stick with me, hear me out, because uh, I am going somewhere with this. By November of 1926, Mayer, along with eight other film studios and unions, unions representing the, the carpenters and the painters and all the backstage people, they all sat down at the table and signed a very bare bones contract that was called the Studio Basic Agreement. And Maya knew that this contract was pretty much just slapping a Band-Aid on a temporary problem. He knew that unionism was inevitable. What he was trying to do was prolong it for as long as possible until he came up with another idea that would be something a bit more permanent. So that was November of 1926 when the Studio Basic Agreement was signed. Fast forward two months later, we're now in January of 1927. And it's Sunday afternoon in January. And he has several people from work over for a lovely Sunday dinner, a director, a producer, and an actor. And the four of them sit down, they have a lovely Sunday afternoon meal, and of course, conversation eventually turns towards work-related issues, uh, labor disputes, and the monitoring of film content, and how are they going to promote technical advances, and they came up with an idea. And they said to each other, what if there is one single organization that will benefit the entire film industry? It can have different subcommittees. We can have a subcommittee that will take care of the censorship issue. We'll have a subcommittee that will take care of the technology issue. We'll have a subcommittee that will take care of the union issues and labor disputes. Basically, their idea was a single organization that would give the film industry in general better PR and a common ground, really. 
a common ground to benefit everyone, which is kind of ironic because if you think about it, the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences to this day does remain a rather uh, exclusive club, but that was the organization that they ultimately formed, the Academy. So they applied for nonprofit status and in May of 1927, four months after that Sunday afternoon dinner, the state of California granted it its charter and gave it nonprofit status and the academy was officially born. That was May 4th, 1927. One week later, May 11th, exactly one week later, there was a banquet at the Biltmore Hotel and the first president of the Academy, silent film actor Douglas Fairbanks Sr., he had some pretty good experience already with selling people. Uh, he had a very successful run of selling war bonds a decade earlier during the First World War, for example. So he was the first president of the Academy. And at this banquet at the Biltmore Hotel, he basically convinced all 300 people in attendance. They were all invited to attend the banquet, all of these film industry people. Uh, they didn't have to pay a dime because Maya paid for it out of his own pocket. He basically said to them, he gave them a sales pitch, you want to join this academy. And uh, by the end of the evening, out of the 300 invitees, 230 of them signed up for $100 each. And that, my good folks, is the birth of the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences. Now, you may be saying to yourself, so where do the awards come into play? Ironically, the award is what the Academy is really known for today. At the time, however, they were an afterthought. They were an afterthought. There was a committee that was put together to handle, you know, something akin to employee of the month kind of a thing. But uh, it was a small committee, seven members, and it wasn't really given a lot of serious consideration until about one year later. So May of 1928. So the Academy was one year old when the powers that be ultimately turned to this subcommittee that handled the idea for awards of merit for distinctive achievement and gave them more attention than they had throughout the first year. Why the sudden attention? I will quote Louis B. Mayer himself. And I got this quote from a book called Lion of Hollywood, The Life and Legend of Louis B. Mayer. I definitely recommend it. It is worth a read. He said, and I quote, I found the best way to handle movie makers was to hang medals all over them. If I got them cups and awards, they'd kill themselves to produce what I wanted. That's why the Academy Award was created end quote. So straight from the horse's mouth himself. So that was May of 1928 when attention was given to this awards subcommittee. Took them a couple of months to finalize the details and to put together a nomination process. But the nomination process was born. It was finalized. It was put into their bylaws in July of 1928. So the Academy at this point was one year and two months old before they actually put together a nomination process for an award that they would give for distinctive achievement in filmmaking. Because the nomination process was finalized in July, the original eligibility period was July of 1928 to July of 1929. In other words, it was midsummer to midsummer. These days, it is a calendar year, films released between January 1 and December 31 of any given year. But back then, the original eligibility period was midsummer to midsummer. 
So uh, another in interesting tidbit about the, uh, the origins is that at first, only silent movies were eligible. At first, uh, the talking motion pictures that were relatively or that were very much new at the time, such as the jazz singer, deemed ineligible because the technology was not yet perfected and they felt that they did not want any one film or any type of film to have an unfair advantage over another. Another interesting note about the first round of Academy Award nominees and winners is the fact that there was no supporting actor and there was no supporting actress category, not for about the first 10 years or so. 1937 was when they introduced those categories, the supporting acting categories. So it was uh, it was very different. The first ceremony was May 16th, 1929. So the Academy was two years old when they had their first award ceremony. It was another banquet. They loved their banquets. It was another banquet. It was held at the Roosevelt in Hollywood. There were about 300 people in attendance. And you're not going to believe this, but there were no lists of nominees the first year. All winners were pre-decided and predetermined and notified a couple of months ahead of time. They were sent an invitation basically saying, hey, save the date. We're going to begin giving out awards and you have been selected to be one of our first award winners. And so, you know, make sure you clear the date, come to the banquet and uh, collect your award and there'll be dinner and dancing. The ceremony itself was not what it is today. It was it was a banquet. It was an hour of dancing followed by dinner. The awards themselves were not even handed out until the final five or 10 minutes of the ceremony. They wanted to make sure that everybody stayed till the end. So the awards were the last things to happen <laughs> that evening. They even had little uh, chocolate chocolate shaped uh they even had academy award shaped chocolates as the centerpieces on the uh, on the tables so it was, it was it was an interesting affair certainly not what we uh what we know the academy awards to be today as far as the very first academy award winners here is the thing the first best picture winner was wings a silent world war one drama and the category was not called best picture year one it was called outstanding picture so outstanding picture was given to wings there was also a different category that was just this first year called most unique and artistic picture and that was given to a film called a silent film called sunrise so wings and sunrise now if you were to google if you were to look in the official academy books outstanding picture was at the upper echelon of categories so wings is regarded as the as the first best picture winner even though technically there were two films that were singled out for um for distinction as far as the acting winners are concerned interesting janet Gaynor was the first academy award winning actress and a German actor by the name of Emil Jannings, his name is spelled J-A-N-N-I-N-G-S. The two of them, they were the first recipients. I won't say winner, I'll say recipient because again, there were no nominees. They were the first recipients of acting, of acting plaudits. And the thing of it is, is that they were not given these awards for a single performance in a single film. 
These days, you might have Frances McDormand nominated for her performance in the film Nomadland. Or last year, you may have had uh, Cynthia Erivo nominated for her performance as Harriet Tubman in the film Harriet. So the way it works is a single performance playing a single role in a single film. But this first year, it was different. Go ahead and Google first Acting Academy Award recipients, and you will see that there are several film titles listed next to their names because they received their awards based on body of work throughout the first eligibility period. It wasn't for a single film. One interesting and amusing little tidbit is that this very first year also had the very first no-show, uh, the best actor winner, Emil Jannings. Uh, he did not show up to the ceremony. He wanted to go home to Germany, and uh, he was convinced to pose for a few, for publicity purposes, a few photos standing next to or sitting next to his statuette. But once the photos were snapped, he hopped on a plane and flew back home to Germany and never returned to the United States. Um, as far as his personal history, that's something of course that we can get into another time as well. Um, but Janet Gaynor and Emil Jannings, they were the first acting winners. So, and like I said, there were no supporting actor categories, uh, not, not quite yet. So there you have it. You have the history of the Academy Awards in a very abbreviated nutshell. Again, I am keeping this as simple and as brief as possible. As of this recording, like I said, it is Oscars weekend. So enjoy the Oscars on Sunday night. Or if you're listening to this podcast after the fact, then hey, I hope you enjoyed them. <laughs> I hope it was a good show. Hopefully it will be a good show. Uh, the Golden Globes this year were not quite as entertaining as we were hoping they would be, but Let's face it, they did the best they could. Uh, times being what they are with the pandemic, uh, having zoomed in awards shows, you know, hey, it was, uh, it was a good try. It was an experiment that just didn't work out. So live and learn. In the meantime, if you have any particular requests, if you have any suggested topics for movies, or actors or directors or screenwriters or anybody that you want to hear about, you now know how to get in contact. Just simply hop onto Facebook, join my film group, Silver Screeners. Hop onto Twitter, follow me at FilmBuff1974. Hop onto the gram and you can follow me at Frank Mendoza1974. And last but not least, if you simply want to shoot off an email, just simply email Frank Mendoza, all one word, frankmendoza at yahoo.com. So don't forget, take a crack at what 1960s movie with one of the Hepburns this music is from. Thanks for listening, and until next time, keep on screening. See ya.